Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Thursday night, November 19th. Uh, we're two days away from game day against Clemson. Uh, joined as always, this is TJ Pittenger with Richie Barnes and Freddie Stevenson. How you guys doing tonight? Dude, I mean, we're good. Tonight is going to be an interesting one, man. We got some bombs dropped on us today. So we got a lot to talk about, man. I'm, I'm excited for this episode. What about you, Rich? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm just hanging out with my uh, second favorite professor behind me. Obviously, Mark Ziegler, shout out. Number one professor always. But my, my favorite professor who's reading books during Florida State Clemson two years ago, maybe we'll see him again this year. We don't know. But, but yeah, t- tonight's show should be interesting. Um, ESPN dropped a bomb. I don't think it was anything groundbreaking for Florida State fans, but for your casual college football fan or, you know, your casual college football reporter who doesn't really follow the program, it was probably really eye-opening. And and we're going to dig into that. Definitely made what we were going to talk about tonight more interesting. Um, Something we obviously didn't really plan on talking about. Um, You know, obviously we, we do a lot of previews on Thursday night, but uh, good, good timing for it. I don't think we wanted to preview the Clemson <laughs> game too heavy anyway, so it kind of works out. Uh, and these guys are just r- glad that I uh, that we're finally starting the show. They've been on, we've been on for ten minutes here talking, and I've just been whining to them about how bad my night has been. Um, and so they're just happy to have the show going, so they don't have to hear me yeah. complain anymore. Um, the <laughs> double fries no slaw is brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. Uh, you can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. We appreciate their partnership and all that they do for us. Go get a box of double fries, no slaw. I saw our guy, Antoine Staley, at yes. Guthrie's today. He came on the show and said he would go um, grab him a gut box. Hopefully, he did not get any coleslaw. I'll have to check with him and make sure. Uh, but shout out to Antoine Staley of the Tallahassee Democrat uh, newest member of the FSU beat. We had him here on Double Fries No Slaw. Was it two weeks ago? Um, yeah. And appreciate him and uh, glad that he uh, took our recommendation. I did see in some of his comments, he said that he did enjoy it and that stuff was really good. So um, glad that we're turning people on to the the, the true light of of uh, Guthrie's. <laughs> um, while we're also here, we, we partner or with, uh, or we're part of the Big Three uh, Roll-Up Network and kind of have a special thing going on right now. The Big Three Roll-Up is doing an, their annual, second annual, Close to Kids Drive. Um, Close to Kids is an organization here in the, uh, they have a Tampa area charter and a Tampa Bay area charter, and they donate clothes and shoes to kids that are in the public school system and get recommended or referred to go there. Uh, just kids that don't have a lot, um, you know, no shoes or they go into they, they go to school and their shoes are too small or they don't fit or they have to kind of stand on the back of them or their clothes have holes in them, whatever their teachers, their administration can refer to them to close to kids. You can't go in there and buy anything. Uh, you couldn't just walk into close to kids and, and buy something for your kids or your family or whoever. Uh, they have to be referred there by the public school system. They take donations and they take gently used clothes that you would donate to maybe the Goodwill or wherever we donated them last year. And we're doing that again this year. Want to make it even bigger. Uh, Last year we didn't have, well, we did have some of the network pods, but they weren't as big and it was kind of new to have the network pods. So the big three roll up kind of on their own donated $5,200 in several bags of clothes that we connect collected at different events. We are doing an event. If you are in the Orlando area or anywhere in central Florida on December 5th, 
You can drive to our new building, which Richie and I hung out at on Saturday. The Cush House in Orlando on December 5th. We'll have a pickup truck from Bennett Auto Group out of uh, just north of Jacksonville, out of South Georgia there. And we are going to fill that pickup truck up and take that to close to kids to donate um, to them, which ends up going to the kids in need. Um, makes a huge difference as those kids, especially during a pandemic, have even less than normal. Um, we also have, if you're not in the Orlando area, you can go to big3rollup.com on the front page. You'll see the donation link. You can go in and donate directly on big3rollup.com. Again, we raised $5,200 and dozens of bags of clothes. We want to make that even bigger this year. And so everybody on the network is uh, contributing. I'm excited for it again. It'd be awesome if we could get up around $10,000. So if you got big bread or you got little bread, um, go donate there because it all goes to the kids and, and we enjoy doing it. Um, I'm out of breath now that I've uh, read that, you know, I made that ad read a lot longer than it was, but that is uh, uh, something that's really important to us and really special to us. So excited to um, excited to chat about. We have a couple of FSU legends. You know what? I'm just actually going to add them both at the same time because they're both here in the waiting room. Um, I'm not going to make either one of them kind of sit for a while and not be able to talk, but we have both Jacob Pugh and Everett Dawkins joining us tonight. Um, Everett's been on the show before. Jacob, this is your first time. Thanks for hanging yeah. out tonight, man. How, how are you doing? Doing good. How you doing? Man, we are good. We are good. Um, See, not, having the, not having the best season, but we're still blessed. So. Yeah, I already know. I already know. Um, man, I will – I'll let, I'll let Freddie or – we we've also got Everett on here, but I don't see his camera on. Everett, you on here too? Uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm on here. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, how's it going, man? Yeah, oh, I got you. <laughs> yep, got you. What's going on, fellas? We like What's to up, see. Bro? We like to see you, bro. Oh, man. See y'all too. <laughs> um, that boy in the car with huh? <laughs> he's got places to be. I'll let uh. I'll let Richie kick us off. Um, an, an article today, we talked about it on the start, or an article today dropped from ESPN. Uh, I'll say this before we get started. When we all opened that up and it said it was a 37-minute read, I just thought, man, they didn't write this much when, when James was going through all his stuff. Like, this has got to be that's, – that stressed me out more than anything I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. It was like a 40-minute read on that. But it took a couple hours and finally finished it. Uh, Richie, take us, uh, take us through some – some key points, and then we'll kind of talk about it here with these guys. Yeah, so ESPN today, they, they dropped an article that, you know, that they've been talking about, you know, Andrea Edelson and um, a David Hill joint who's been on our podcast before. Um, shout out to him. that They've been working on this. They've had the idea for a few years, they said, and in the last four months they've been working on it. And it, it just goes back to, you know, Jimbo Fisher 2013 to where we are now. And it touches on a little bit of everything from uh, Jimbo and his staff uh, to the boosters, to the administration, you know, to Willie and his staff, and now Mike Norvell and his staff. And, and it just said how we went from 2013, where, you know, you guys were on the team that won a national title. And then uh, now here we are sitting at, what, two and six on the season. And, and there was a lot of different things. Uh, there's a lot to unpack. It's over 9,000 words. It, it Like TJ said, a 37-minute read. Um, but if you follow the program closely the past, you know, five, seven years, nothing was really a surprise, but I think it's going to open the eyes to a lot of people outside of the Florida state world. Right. Like, cause there's a lot of college football fans. It's like us, like if Michigan, like if we were to read this article about Michigan, 
we'd probably see some things like, whoa, I didn't know about that. And that kind of was exposed uh, from Florida State's standpoint today. And uh, Jacob, I want to start with you because you were kind of quoted in there too. And just talk about what you saw from your, your, your time at Florida State to, you know, why when you came in as a freshman to what you saw while you were there. And now that you're gone, did that article make sense? I don't know if you read the whole thing, but I mean, does the timeline add up? I mean, I'm going to be real with you. I didn't read much of it because, like I said, I was working. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I had yeah. it to me, but I, I got bits and pieces of it. You know what I'm saying? People, you know what I'm saying, shooting bits and pieces to bits and pieces of it to me. So I really didn't, you know what I'm saying? I really, like, like I asked Freddie, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, yeah. maybe it's something I missed. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of why I stand out. I didn't even get to check it out. Somebody called me. I actually got a call about it today. This is when I first found out about it. Pastor Clint called me. He was talking to me and stuff like that. And I was just like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? I didn't even know it was an article out, but y'all had to fill me in. Y'all got to fill me in. <laughs> yeah, so, it, it, man, uh, it, again, I'll, I'll try and do a quick synopsis. But it <laughs> talks about how, you know, when Jimbo took over and he started recruiting, man, it, he, he was getting all the, the big dogs, you know, you, yeah. Freddie, like all these guys. And then um, it talks about the clash from the administration, like Jimbo Fisher and Stan Wilcox did not get along. Jimbo Fisher and Andy Miller did not get along. And, mm. and that kind of impeded Jimbo Fisher's vision of what he wanted from the program. One of the key factors that I thought was really telling and every, I definitely want to talk to you about this being from South Carolina. He said multiple times to the administration, Clemson is building something special. We have to keep up to keep them at bay because Florida state was always the big dog in the ACC, even in our down years. You know, yeah. no, no one team that was ever going to come challenge us. Like Virginia Tech had a few years, but no one ever knew. No one ever thought Virginia Tech was going to be a long-term answer to the ACC, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So they talk about the, the differences, like between Jimbo, Andy Miller, and uh, um, Stan Wilcox, how none of them got along, and they couldn't even be in a room together. Did you see that uh, ever? And Jacob, uh, was it obvious as players that these guys did not get along and did not like each other? Because that's what the article made it sound like. Well, uh, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, bro. Yeah, I feel like you could tell, you know, you know, certain points when certain people came in the room type of thing, you know, you could tell, but as players, we really didn't know what's going on, you know what I mean? But now looking back at it, everything makes sense. And, you know, even going back to when we were playing, there was certain players that picked other schools over Florida State because the other schools offered a lot more to them, you know what I'm saying? Like, us as players, like, we... I don't, they probably still got it going on with the ticket thing. Like it's hard for us to even go to practice because we have classes across campus. Then we have to come all the way, you know, to the football place and try to find parking and it's not available. You get tickets for stuff, stuff like that. Football players shouldn't have to deal with, you know what I'm saying? I like, I know it's a facility for everybody, but when you just won a national championship, like, and you've been winning, like you're where Florida state is supposed to be at. Like you, you got to, give the man what he wants, you know what I'm saying? Put all feelings aside because now it looks like it's, it's, it makes them look stupid, you know what I'm saying? Like, now look at us because Jimbo is still coaching the same way he's always coached. He's still the same, like, fundamentals and everything. He's took it to Texas a and and they're doing good. Like, look at, look at them and look at us, you know what I'm saying? So um, I, it's just frustrating, you know, because we were supposed to have the indoor in 2009. So I know it's not the coaches, you know what I'm saying? Like, they told us that was a recruiting thing for us. They had the same picture up for the next three years. And, you know, we finally got it. But, you know, I was gone by then. So it's kind of like I understand. I get everything they said in that article. Jacob. 
Well, I mean, he pretty much everything said. I mean, the football team, I mean, we was, we was, we like the bread and butter, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we the hot commodity on campus, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we the one, we the ones, we, from, from, from what I know, we bring in the most money. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even close. You're right. So that, so my whole thing was, and then I, I, like I said, like, like every said, you know what I'm saying? Look at Texas A&M, you know what I'm saying? Jimbo, T, he took that and, and, and everything he's saying, saying to us, he's saying to them, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He's telling them the same thing. He coached them the same way. And I'm actually, I actually been actually tuned in to Texas A&M a lot lately because I'm just, I just, I just look at, I just look at, I, I saw his vision, you know what I'm saying? But a, a lot of people didn't really see, a lot of people didn't really, like, I don't know if they, they wasn't, I don't know if they wasn't, I don't know if Jimbo wasn't presenting himself the right way to him or what, but it was just like, I don't see why he shouldn't have got what he wanted. You know what I'm saying? Now look at Florida State, you know what I'm saying? They spend all this money. They spend all these millions of dollars. Tag it gone. You got, uh, you know what I'm saying? You should, instead of just just letting Jimbo be the next Bobby Bowden, you know what I'm saying? Jimbo was never supposed to leave Florida State. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then my thing is, he done did, a, he done did, he done did, I mean, like, like he said, they supposed to have been had a facility, you know what I'm saying? He done did so much, you know what I'm saying? He done did so much for the program, for, for Tallahassee, you know what I'm saying? Like, just the whole city. So, like, for him for him to have to, you know what I'm saying, leave and go somewhere else when I was supposed to be here, that was his nest, you know what I'm saying? That was that was Jimbo, Jimbo world, you know? So, I mean, I mean, but it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? And it's sad to see, you know what I'm saying, the program the way it is and all the players leaving and everybody just, it's just like everybody, like, I know they're young, you know what I'm saying? I know Norvell. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I know, you know what I'm saying? I get it, but it's just, it's, it's a mess, you know what I'm saying? I, and I feel like all that could have been avoided, you know what I'm saying? But do you like think, what's that? I got a question for uh, Freddie, all three of you, really. Do okay. you think that uh, Wilcox is, like, was he, wait, wait, wait. I, I, it's probably hard to ask you to speak for somebody else. So I'm kind of maybe even having a little trouble asking it, but do you think his vision was just to focus because of his relationship with with Jimbo or lack of relationship with Jimbo was just to focus more on all the other sports because I mean, I'll tell you football sucks right now, but like, and I, I'm not saying it's worth it. Right. Like, cause I'll just take football over everything else, but like yeah. everything else is thriving. Like everybody else is winning it, you know, competing for national championships. And I'm not saying that's worth it. Like, I'm not saying the trade-off is, is worth it at all, but like, was that Wilcox's focus was just to like, okay, well, I'm not going to focus on what Jimbo I'm going to do the cheaper things over here. Right. Like you can make, other sports happy without money, right? Like you don't need a full, you don't need a facility for softball. Yeah. You don't need for, so like, was it, I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm asking there, but does that kind of make sense? Is like, it, you, you, it, it, it was like, it was like, you couldn't, you couldn't really tell what his intention was. Like, you don't really know. You never knew because he would come around. It seemed like you would see him. I mean, I feel like he come around when we were going to go to bowl games or something big about to go on, you know what I'm saying? Which, you know what I'm saying? He should be there, you know? But it was just like, I never really knew his intentions. Like, I never really knew. And then, like they said, I never even knew they had beef, you know what I'm saying? Because Jim was, I, I, I mean, I, I just, a lot of stuff I didn't know. I didn't, like, I didn't, I never even, like, you can, you can, you can feel some stuff, but as a player, you're not really trying to focus on what's going on, you know what I'm saying, with the coaches and where, what they got going on. You just really, you know what I'm saying, focusing on, you know what I'm saying, the main thing, school and ball. But it was just, I, I mean, I don't know if that, I don't know. I really don't have a clue. I think, I think they didn't appreciate 
they didn't really um, understand the value of having a guy like Jimbo on staff. You got a guy like Jimbo that's won a championship as an assistant at LSU. So he knows what it takes to win a championship. And he's seen these changes over the course of the years. So he knows at some point, all right, this game's going to change again. And we've been asking for these things since I got here. And these schools that we've been dominating for the past few years, they're making these changes and they're starting to close in on us a little bit. So we knew he knew Clemson was going to turn into a monster. We already competing against these SEC schools every year. Jimbo was a hell of a recruiter. But now you got a team in your own conference that you dominated every single year that's closing in on you. And I think they kind of looked at it as, all right, we won a national championship with these resources, so what's the issue? And now they're looking back at it like, we spent all this money in the past few years. We could have just gave him what he wanted, and we everything would have been knocked out, knocked out. And now we're looking at a team that's struggling, and who knows how long it's going to take to get them back on board. Effort, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree uh, with both of them. It's it's the thing that it, they had the Florida State syndrome, just like the rest of us. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> people think that you know Florida State is going to at least be this good no matter what just because of the talent but hey as you see that's not the case you know what I mean these kids aren't motivated like we used to be motivated you know we were some dogs like it's not, not there's not that many dogs out there it's a few of them you know what I'm saying but it's it's a whole different culture and just people not showing up to work like that's that's unheard of like that's what you play football to do like show up to work and get better during the offseason and uh I know like, man, it, it's just crazy to see where we're at. But I think the blowback from the Wilcox situation is everything. Like, Jimbo is Jimbo. Like, you, Jimbo's going to let you know this is his room. He runs his room. Don't think you run his room. You know what I'm saying? Because he's going he's gonna to chew you out. That's him. That's always been him. So for him to get in a power struggle with, you know, the AD or whoever it was, Wilcox, it doesn't make sense. Like he said, we see Wilcox for bowl games, you know, or maybe around facilities, something like that, maybe – every here and there, but we don't see him like that. So for him to interfere with what we had going on, like it's, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's, just, yeah, it's nuts. that's, in, that's insane. Guys, I got a question. What's Alabama's AD's name? Tell you. What, what's Clemson's AD's name? Tell you. What's exactly what's, what's exactly. Ohio state's point, AD's point made point made. DJ, yeah. yeah. So, and I know that we know because we're here, right? Like fans of, of those schools would know, but the national scene should never know that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that. And, and we and Jim and Jimbo was for all intent purposes, when we went into that Alabama game in 2017, Jimbo was the second best coach in, in college football, right? I mean, him or Urban, right? Like it was one of them, right? And so uh Dabo wasn't there. Um I don't even know who else you would put up there, right? But Jimbo was the second or third best. That Saban guy was okay. Top three. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Second best. Yeah, Saban was one. Um <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just saying, for, I had to for, had to qualify that. Well, I mean, yeah. that's what second that's what second best man. I, I I mean I thought that was understood. I was talking, I was, Mullen wasn't second best at that point. Um oh man. And so you got a top two or three coach in the country that has a power struggle with the AD. I mean, that's insane. You know, it's not you know, it's not some bum coach, right? Like Butch Jones or somebody <laughs> that, has a, that has a power struggle with the AD, right? Or Manny, Manny Diaz or somebody, you know, it's so I don't That's insane to me that, uh, you know, one of the greatest coaches, I mean, still one of the greatest active coaches right now. How many active yeah. coaches have titles, right? Like four, maybe five. Um, and he's still one of them. And so 
I mean, that's just nuts to me that, that we had that power struggle there. Uh, somebody just commented this. With all of that kind of going on, uh, did you guys ever feel – so Freddie was there until – Freddie was there the longest, right? Till 16? 16, yeah. Yeah, and then Everett, you were there in 2010. So, like, that's well, – Well, 12. I was done in 12. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. – 12 was my last year. But you but you got there in 10, right? Oh, oh wait, oh, wait. Oh, wait, okay. Um, so, that's an eight- or nine-year span. You guys ever feel, and this is for all three of you, you guys ever feel like Jimbo lost the locker room any particular season, week, span? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When, when um, would you say? He lost it that year. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Jimbo was so, I feel like, okay, so my, I'm speaking on my senior year. I'm Freddie one there. My senior year was 2017 when we played Alabama. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like he wanted to beat Saban so bad. You can just tell, the, you know what I'm saying? And he was just, he wanted to beat him so bad, and I feel like after he, I feel like after after he had lost that, I feel like after he lost that game after the court, after Francois had got hurt, I feel like it's just I feel like I, I, I mean me personally, I feel like it's just I feel like he was just like dang, like you know what I'm saying? I, just, I looked at him, you know what I'm saying? I, and, and I and after the game we talked, you know what I'm saying? And and um and I, I just felt like he just kind of was out, you know what I'm saying? I then, then but I knew as the season went on, as the season went by that year. Uh, in 2017, I just knew he was out. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like he lost the locker room because I mean, the year before we had we had we had won the Orange Bowl. You know what I'm saying? We won the Orange Bowl. We, went, we was going into the season, and we was we was on the quest. We was, we was going to beat Alabama. We was we was, let's just say that we was going to be Alabama. You know what I'm saying? It didn't play out how how it was supposed to, but you know, quarterback got hurt, and then I I just knew Jimbo knew what he was working with at that point. He was like, dang, I got this freshman quarterback. Who, who his last snap was a high school game. You know, that was his last, James Blackman. That was his last, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he probably just trying to wrap that around his brain, you know what I'm saying? Knowing that Blackman really ain't ready, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know what I'm saying? But they, but they threw him in the fire, you know what I'm saying? Because that's all we had. So I can just kind of see, I can just, I, I just, I just, I just sat back and, and just was just watching, you know, just tell how stuff was going. You know, he kind of just, then I knew he was out. I knew, I was hearing about, I was hearing about different schools. But not only was I hearing about it, I was just peeping, you know what I'm saying? How he was moving, stuff he was saying, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I mean I just felt like he we, that he lost the locker room then. I feel like that's when he I feel like that that year was 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 when he lost control. I feel like that was the year that he lost control of Florida State period. So yeah, I, I real, think real, real quick I think the Jacob, same hold, hold, real quick, Jacob. I, I, I do wanna jump in here because I man, I, I followed this program very closely since you know, I got to school in 2006 and Everett, you may not remember, man, I interviewed you when you were a high school player in South Carolina. I was working for NoldDigest.com with Myron Rolls' brother McKinley before yes. you even committed to us. Yes. Um, but, but Jacob, I wanted to, you, you hit on something, man. You gave an, an interview, I believe in 2017, about how there was no player leadership on the team. And I think Jimbo at that point said, Jacob's not allowed to do any more interviews at that point. I don't even remember if you, if you remember the specific one, but, yeah, I but, remember that one but I touch on that for us. Cause a lot of fans, including myself who weren't as connected to the program, we hear that and like, man, this might be worse than we thought, but you clearly knew it was coming. So, so what did you heading into that post game interview? I don't know if it was post Boston college or what it was, but you were clearly upset. I'm going to be real with you. I, 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 I got respect. You know what I'm saying? I respect the coaches. You know what I'm saying? I respect yeah, for the sure. program, the players, and 
I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say everything. I had so much more to say. I was just, it was bottled in. I was just holding it in. Like, I want to say this. I want to say that. I want to say this. But my thing was, okay, you're right. The leadership wasn't there. And me as a player, I already knew. You know what I'm saying? I'm just thinking to myself. I'm like, okay, we we losing it. You know what I'm saying? I can just tell, you know what I'm saying? I can tell what the players doing off campus. You know what I'm saying? I can just, I can tell to what the conversation was was being about in practice, I could just tell we was losing it. Like we want, we wanted, we want a unit no more. I knew we wasn't a unit, and like I said, I feel like all that came from us losing our quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like if we thinking in our mind, we like, dang. I'm gonna be real with you. I had this whole scenario made up in my mind that okay, we lost Alabama, and uh, in the beginning of the year we was gonna play them in the national championship, and we was gonna play them in the end. That's 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 what I was that's what I was you know what I'm saying I'm like okay so and, and then a lot of stuff I wanted to say I didn't say you know what I'm saying because I had I had I was gonna have to answer the Jimbo I was gonna have to answer Coach Long I was gonna have to answer Coach Kelly you know what I'm saying and I just didn't want to go through that and and I and I already I, I already was battling with my playing time you know what I'm saying like back and forth with me playing so it was kind of like a it was kind of like a situation where I just had to just. I said a little something, and then after that, and then, then like you say, you didn't hear from me no more. It was that was it. <laughs> that seventeen team was so, um, and that totally makes sense with with him kind of losing the the locker room because he also lost the fan base. He lost some boosters. He lost a lot of things that year, right? Dabbling yeah. Other places, we we were hearing about this rumor and that rumor while the season was going on, and man, that's just tough. And it seemed like, it, and I I didn't read, you know, well. Hope I'm not repeating something verbatim from the article, but uh, it seemed like you had all this weight of uh, Jimbo's problems with the admin, and uh, we were losing leadership, and we had this and that and the other, and Jimbo flirting with our school, and all of that was kind of like sitting up on a I don't even know how to describe it, but like the the cliche, the straw that broke the camel's back truly was Francois getting injured because. There was still a lot of talent, and we were still in a lot of games. You know, that NC State game that we played with Blackman that first week, we had a chance to win that game. Um, The Miami game, right after that, we really should have won that game too. Went up with like a minute and a half to go, and um, I don't remember who it was. Braxton Berrios maybe broke like a tackle on a fourth down, and if if, if we tackle him behind, they just kick a field goal. So anyway, we had chances to win more games than – North Carolina, North Carolina. I mean, there's just a bunch of them. So, um, you know, that year was not as bad as it should, but anyway, but it was like that one thing broke the dam, right? Like everything just flooded at that point. And that's, you know, it's like that, yeah, that one thing could have happened the year before could have happened the year before there was a lot of people, you know, I guess on that team kind of holding things together, Freddie and, and different, you know, Dalvin and different guys on the team kind of holding, holding some of that there, some of those championship holdovers, but man, it was like that one thing broke and then everything just fell, fell through. Like it all, it all became visible to everybody else that year, right? Like you knew some of the problems if you were internal, but uh, man, that team just didn't have the composure to keep it together after that one little bit of adversity. Adversity. Yeah. That, that, like you said, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I think about that all the time. I think about that all the time. See, see, we was going into the season with a championship mentality. But when when that happened, you know what I'm saying? It was like, okay, now I got to get to the lead now. You know what I'm like, it's no longer, you know what I'm saying? We got a quarterback. We got a freshman quarterback. You know what I'm saying? 
We don't really know what he's about. We don't really know if he's capable. Which, which, as a team, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, we're going to be like, yeah, bro, bro, come on. We need you. Like, we need you. We need you. You know what I'm saying? But we, you could tell he wasn't as confident. You know what I'm saying? Then you could tell he was. He still had like a, a kind of like a high school mindset. So it was just kind of like you just you just see everybody's mind. Just, you just hear people talking about different stuff. So you just, I, I just knew based off the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody want to talk. Everybody talking about, oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to. Get my drive grade up. I ain't trying to get hurt. Nobody, you know what I'm saying? They worried about which was, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of self. It's, it's not kind of self. It is selfish. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But I, I mean, and then also the whole. I don't agree with the whole. You know what I'm saying? Not, you know what I'm saying? Playing in the bowl game, but to, you know what I'm saying? I, I respect everybody's decision. You know what I'm saying? I like to start. You know what I'm saying? I, I've always been firm on starting what I finish. You know what I'm saying? I mean, finish what I started. <laughs> Yeah, Freddie, Freddie's got one right now, but we just had Kirk Herbstreit on Sunday night, and he said the same thing that you just mentioned, Jacob, that um, it seems like when, when, guys are, when guys are competing for that championship, they're all in, right? Nobody's yeah. thinking about sitting out. Nobody's thinking about not playing the bowl game. Nobody's thinking about not playing. But as soon as there's a little bit of adversity, you lose a – because we lost Alabama, but then if we had won out, we'd have played Alabama again or whomever in the playoff. But – we lose that NC State game, and then you know it's done, right? Like, oh, the best you can do at that point is 10 wins. You're probably going to lose to Clemson, too, if you lost to these teams. So, yeah, that little bit of adversity, guys start checking out, right? And that happens even – I don't even know how much that happened in 2017, but that happens even way more now where guys are just like, I'll just transfer. Like, I, we've lost two games. I'm out of yeah. here. Or I'll just start hey, – Yeah, it's yeah, – it's, it's insane. So, Freddie, I know you have one. Yeah, I'm um... – I know Edoc kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. I'm going to ask both you guys this, but Pew, I know you said in 2017, that's when um, Coach Jimbo lo- lost the team. But when you think players stop buying in, because I know you, you weren't there for the 2013 season, and Edoc, you were there for 2012. I think that 2012 team built the built everything that we went through in 2013. Everything was about NC State. And Jimbo was focused. He was locked in. And but I think after we won that national championship in 2013, like everybody says in 2014, he didn't coach us as hard. It's his fault that the team lost focus. But Pew, you know for a fact, I think 2014 was the year that we was coached the hardest. Like out of all them yeah. years, 2014, because I think Jimbo came in with the mindset that I want another one. He said, I you want two, three more. And, and then and no, nah, you're right. No, nah, you're not. Keep going. My bad. He um, and that was his mindset. He coached us hard, and he knew me personally. I felt like that 2014 team had more talent, but the 2013 team had more dog. Um, and in 2014, I think that's when you started seeing us. We started feeling like stars. Started thinking about ourselves a little bit. People talking to agents. To you feel me? That type of deal. And everybody kind of sidetracked them. I remember the beginning of the season, you remember when they had the whole saying Dallas to Dallas. We had bought into that. It was all like, man, Dallas to Dallas. And so all them games we got into them, of course we showed we can click at any moment, but we put ourselves in those situations. You know how practices was. We weren't gelling, man. And coach told us going into the Oregon game, like if we did that against Oregon, they were going to blow our ass up. And that's what happened. And everything that we've been doing the whole season, we wasn't focused. Like every in 2013, we was focused, we was locked in each and every game. Everybody was locked in. I'm mean, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this right now. We had some dogs in 2013. Like they didn't accept nothing less. Like I remember in 2013, I was still on defense, fall camp, Timmy Jernigan, 
we was all tripping on defense. Tim said, man, if somebody else mess up another play, I'm knocking their ass up. And listen, I'm a soldier. I ain't backing down with nobody, but I want to let Tim big enough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, oh, hey, you, I got right the rest of the practice. That, that was just our environment. Like, we, we challenged each other. But in 2014, you kind of seen it to where, like, people like, oh, we'll be all right. Like, that type of mentality. And that kind of started to bleed into 2015, 2016. I think the issue we had in 2016 and um, 2015 is Jimbo now had to lead on guys and try to get guys that had no interest in being leaders, had no interest in being a team guy to try to be a leader. And that kind of killed our team because you have guys that are really cancers that you have to try to lean on. And that's right. what to over be, time killed, killed our culture. To be leaders, right? Like in 20, in 20, in 20, and that's, that, I kind of see the same thing, right? Like I did, obviously I didn't play, I wasn't there. But just looking at and hearing you guys, 2013, the team was such a dog because of how bad 2012 hurt, right? I mean, Dawkins is here. He knows. 2012, I mean, 2013, those guys, I mean, Jameis didn't play, but he redshirted, right? Telvin was on that team. A lot of those guys, Rashad was on that team. They know how bad NC State hurt, right? We were supposed to win it in 2012. And that's why the guys on 2013 were such dogs because they were like, I'm not feeling that again. I'm not losing another game while I'm here. Brooks and Joyner and all those guys that were, well, Joyner was gone in 12, right? Uh, but anyway, but then 14, I, that's, I think my understanding would be that's why they had that mentality is because, man, we got Jameis. We'll be good. He'll save us. Like, it's okay. We'll be good. And you saw that a lot in 14, right? Like, he did yep. save us a lot in 14, right? He found uh, a way. He found a way to save us, and then finally we got into an Oregon game that uh, he couldn't, you know, couldn't couldn't bring us back all the way from. So, um, and then that bled into 15 and 16. You didn't have those leaders. Um, you know, Rashad was gone. Jameis was gone. Jalen was gone. Right? Jalen saved the the Miami game. So, um, you know the the as great as winning the title was in 13. And obviously I would, if you offered me the entire scenario again, right? Like you can have a title in 13, but then it's going to suck for the next 10 years. Like I'd still take it. Like I, I'm it's worth the trade. To oh, me. Absolutely. absolutely. But if, if you look at it from this, so, so I'm not saying I'd give it back, but if you look at it from this perspective, the worst thing, the reason 14 was 14 was because we had just won. Like if you take that title away in 13, and say we lose to Auburn or say we lose to Duke or somebody, I don't know who, but say we lose a game, 14 would have had the fire that 13 had. I think that the the mindset of the team became softer because we won. Frey, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm diving a little bit too deep into that, but I think that because we won, we just thought that like, oh, well, we'll just always win. Like we've got Jameis, we'll be good. We just added this Dalvin Cook guy. He's great too. Like we'll always, yeah. we've got Rashad Green, we'll always win. No big deal. Um, yeah, so you, I don't know. You're right, TJ. I think because – at the shoot with how we were doing in 20, 2014, that Oregon game, like we we got ourselves into a mindset that was it was setting ourselves up for failure, man. We thought every game like we can do that and still find a way to win. And even with the Oregon game, we we got down late in the game, like man, and we made a lot of critical mistakes, but it cost us late late against a team like Oregon. We had enough talent to bounce back against those other teams, but Oregon had just as much talent as us. You go back and look at that team where they had three first rounders on that defensive line. So 
it it cost us in the long run, and we want it was our attention to detail as players. Like I seen um Everett um you commented on the post by Mavdi where he took accountability and said as players we we didn't we didn't hold up our end of the bargain. And I respect to him saying that. Like guys can point the finger. I know a lot of guys they'll point the finger and be like, oh well, this coach. Nah, sometimes it's on us. Like we got to be real. We're not doing our job. We're not handling our end. And in 2014, we didn't do that. So like, what's your thoughts on it? I saw you speak on it a little bit, Everett. I feel like with me as a football player, everything that's on tape is on tape for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like coaches, they don't really change over time. They, they have the same, you know, same way of coaching. So, you know, I knew a lot of things may have been going on, but I know the players were still getting coached the same way. You know what I mean? Whether or not they were buying in, that didn't feel like it. So when y'all said that, it makes sense because it didn't feel like it. And then I always was like, man, I know how Jimbo coaches. He didn't play no games with us. Like, he, we didn't have no slack. Like, I know how he coaches. I know how he's always been. So what's the problem? But um, just what you said, like, players weren't buying in. Players weren't doing what they're supposed to do. And everybody was blaming the, on the coach. Yeah, the coach might have had a couple of things going on. But, man, for the most part, when the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen are lined head up with each other, it's mano y mano. It doesn't have, you know what I'm saying? The coach is on the sideline. And I know how they coach. I know how tricky coaches. I know how Odell coaches, you know what I mean? So it's like the coaches are still coaching how they're co coaching. The players just had changed. And I, I knew it. You like, you could kind of tell people weren't just buying in. But that's one thing that led us to, to where we were at. When I first got to Florida State, people were the same way. Like, they didn't buy in, and that was our problem. Everybody had their own little thing going on, but we tightened up as a unit over the years, you know what I mean? Flooded out, you know, people that wasn't there for us. I mean, you know, good fits for us, and but we all stuck together and we made it happen, you know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like we still can do that. You just got to gotta get kids in, man, and we got to have the administration putting money in the right place instead of paying buyouts from, you know, for coaches they brought in and fired the other coach, you know what I mean? So... Oh man, it's just crazy. It's, it'll be big, like um, and man, they're gonna play that role. But as far as culture, players gotta take. It's on the players as well, cause I when we came in, you were gone, but guys like you, Lonnie, y'all always came back, so we got to hear from y'all a lot. But Telvin, they took players under their wings and let them know, like, all right, this is the expectation we have here, and that kind of helped out guys like myself, Demarcus Walker. Um, you got Jameis, he was a natural leader. He came in leading from the jump as a freshman. Um, mm -hmm. But then you get these guys now, they want no parts of being leaders. Like mm -hmm. it's, and some of them are around when we were winning. So it's, it's weird for me to see that they haven't taken that step. That step. Somebody's gonna have to make the decision. Like we got to change this culture. Tevin Smith, I, I loved him because Tevin came in when Florida State was still trying to build build back. And then eventually we got back to where we needed to be. But they weren't winning games like we were winning at the end of his career. But he he kept building. He had a mindset. He had a – you call it a championship mentality. That was his mentality. And he approached practice every day like that. And I think we got to get more guys in with that type of mindset. Guys are, all right, man, if they beat us, it is what it is. And that's, that's a losing mentality. We're getting guys in with the wrong type of mindset. They're not trying to change the culture. And that's the issue. We got to change the type of people we're recruiting. That's yeah, you're right about that, bro. Because I feel like we always had leaders on the team. You know what I'm saying? Like people that would fight. Like, you know what I'm saying? We would fight. I would fight anybody. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? If I feel like somebody's deteriorating our motives to get to where we were trying to get to as a team, like 
I was used to winning. A lot of people aren't used to winning, you know what I'm saying? And and that's kind of what messed up because it doesn't make sense to have all the chips and the four stars and five stars and it just not add up because those players on that level should already be motivated. You know what I'm saying? Like you really shouldn't have to, you know, motivate these guys, but that's the case. Like you had to motivate a lot of them and a lot of people just didn't buy in, man. So it's really about getting those dogs and people who love football, want to be a leader. Football, if if it's if you're in that position, you have to fulfill the role because it can be detrimental to the team if you don't, you know what I mean? So I'm just, man, hoping we can find some more of those cats like us that were leaders and we're going to go out and put the work in because at the end of the day, I don't want to get my ass whooped <laughs> in front of everybody on TV, but these boys have been getting they behind whooped every week and they're cool with it. They're okay with that. Like oh, that's, that's never disgusting. been cool to me. Yeah. yeah, it's never been like, now we yeah. all know we all know what's about to happen Saturday. The kids know, we know it is not hey, but they'll be on Instagram live afterwards partying. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, I mean, I'm going, I'm going out of town. I'm not even watching it this week. I'm going out of town. But uh if I was I mean, I'm just depressed all day, you know, like I I didn't go there. I didn't I didn't play for that logo. And I'm so depressed, I, you know, but yeah, but you're right, man. We gotta get kids that we gotta get kids. I have a question for, for both, you know, Freddie and Everett, um, especially Everett, man. Cause you, man, you're a guy that grew up in South Carolina. You know, if the year when you were recruited was 2020, you'd be going to Clemson, right? Like you wouldn't consider Florida state and, and don't answer that just yet, but I, I'm assuming that's the answer, but man, it, it's frustrating because as a fan uh, from the outside looking in, you know, we know the situation this team is in right now, right? It's not great. We've had several down years, but there's no reason to, because as Florida State, man, we have so much to offer. As you and Freddie both mentioned, we have a recruiting base. We have, you know, the, the prestige and the history. But let me just go for it. For Everett, like 2008, I think, is when I interviewed you when you were in high school. If Clemson was what it is today and Florida State was what it is now, would you even would you have even considered Florida State? Nope. And that's the thing. No. Yeah. Why? Exactly. Because it's like you look at it now and it's two and six. Florida State, yeah. nobody knows the future. Like we don't have, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't have a clear sight on the future. You know what I mean? Like you could put in the pitch, you know, players coming in and getting early playing time. But yeah. no, like. It's, it's just hard to get and kids that want to win like winners no they would go to clemson you know what i'm saying like yeah. all and, it's, day. and it's not just winning on the field right like it's putting guys in the league we've had more yeah. first rounders going basketball than football in the last five years you know and so do you, yeah. it's not i mean it is that so i'm not disagreeing with you too but uh i want to go somewhere where i can get a better chance to get paid how many i mean if if, if i can offer from clemson and offer from fsu and say, I don't even, say I'm not even a big leader. I'm not vocal. I don't care about winning. I, don't, I just want to go have a good time in a party school. But I want to make a m- lot of millions of dollars. I'm going to go to Clemson. Like, it's not even close. Like, I, you know, so when you factor that in too, you know, and they're not the only school. I mean, not only are we falling behind Clemson, we're falling behind Florida. And we're falling behind Miami. And we're falling behind, I mean, probably just those two in state. But, I mean, still, like, th- that's not good, you know. So, <laughs> It's not so just he, he, Clemson because because everyone in the country minus you know Bama and Ohio State are falling behind Clemson, right? So like I get that, but I mean we're falling behind Manny Diaz, you know Duke Doofus Mullen, you know. 
So here's my question uh, for, for Freddie and Everett, because I think this is important. And we, we talked about the administration. Did you guys see the administration and the, the, the headbutts from Jimbo at the time? They clearly were not on the same page. Like that's well-documented and it's spoke about in the ESPN article. But as a player for both of you, Freddie and Everett, you had to see there was clearly friction between Jimbo and Andy Miller and Stan Wilcox. Like that, that can't be healthy for a program. Um, Everett, talk about what you saw as a player from that standpoint. Well, I think the thing is that, you know, we always, it always seemed like we were supposed to be happy with what we were getting, you know what I'm saying? Thankful for what we were getting. Um, that's always, that always was the case, but you looked at other schools and they were getting more, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, nobody's schools that weren't even nowhere near our bracket, but the players were just getting more. They were just getting all kind of just, you know, different stuff. I don't know, whatever it may be. So, you know, we saw that and it's like, we're Florida state and we, can't go even down to equipment like you know what i'm saying a lot of players used to have problems with the equipment man you know just being able to get stuff because they start putting binds on stuff like we couldn't get stuff like we used to you know what i mean so that was players clashing with the equipment managers and stuff like that but that's just something to go into like we shouldn't have a budget on stuff like that you know what i mean like gloves and everything like that like it came down to that man i know players from other schools like if you go to their rooms whatever you know houses they got clips you know the gloves everywhere cleats everywhere like every game you know new stuff so i'm trying to trying to make it make sense but it doesn't make sense because we're still florida state and you know these smaller schools aren't are nowhere near our, you know what i mean like they're not yeah. there so why can't we get what we're trying to get and i think they just took us for granted for so long now it's like oh you know and even if you know basketball is doing great but basketball is not going to bring in football money you know no, like it never will never never it, it, and that's the thing, like, it, man, it's you hit the nail on the head. Like, even though it, you didn't win a national championship, Everett, but you set the foundation. You and your your teammates set that foundation for that 2013 national title. And Freddie, you you lived it. But it, how frustrating is it to see other programs? And, and Freddie, I, I'm more curious to ask about, about you. When you hosted recruits that came to Florida State, then they went to Alabama and Clemson. What would they say to you as far as facilities and just commitment to the program? Because clearly Florida State's not at that level right now, and we should be because we are a national power. Um, talk to me, Freddie, man. Talk me off the cliff here. <laughs> yeah, um, and we, we knew this even like before the recruits came into play. We had a lot of, a lot of guys that we played against or played with in high school that were at these schools. So we would hear about the different things that we would see all their facilities. So it's like, dang, that's that's kind of tough. And then these recruits are coming in and we're talking with them and they're like, yo, why, why y'all got this? Like, Bama got something else. Like, and asking questions like that, like, shoot, man, I don't control that. Like, you trying to come play or what? Like, and it was, it was tough, but we didn't, like me, I didn't go through my whole recruiting process. I knew I was going to Florida State, so I didn't even play around with it. But a lot of these guys taking all their visits stuff, they're going around seeing all these places and I don't blame them, compare, compare, like, make the best decision for you and seeing all these resources that these teams got and you would come in and you, as prestigious as Florida State is, you're expecting, all right, after I take a visit to a Clemson, uh, Oregon, or one of these other schools, 
that wasn't on our level, and then they come over to Florida State, they're thinking, all right, this is going to be my best visit. Then they come and they see, hold on, what's going on? Like that, that, <laughs> I that hurts. Be, I that hurts, Freddie. <laughs> like, but now nah, it's real though, and that's no, that's it the, is. It's the is. situation. I remember, like, even when, like, as a player with the whole football only facility, I know the boosters they made it seem like it's a big issue. That's it's not a big issue. It's huge. It was yeah. so many players that were injured and they couldn't get treatment because you got some trainers that are football specific only. And then you got some that they tend to every sport, but some guys on the football team only deal with them for their rehab. So now they got to go in and this guy, you may have a tennis player getting worked on by this guy. So now this guy can't get treatment and now he's hurting in practice. And then you got a guy that hasn't recovered as he needed. And you're wondering why that's why Jimbo's asking for his own, his own facility, things of that nature. And we're always having to share everything, whether it may be academics, things of that nature. It, it just makes it tough on the players. Yeah. And, he 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 knew that, so it was it was tough on us, and it got frustrating for the players as well. And a lot of players voiced their opinions. I don't know how much the article dove into this, and I'm going to kind of take it in a little bit different direction. But uh, I'm in a group chat with some guys, and they're kind of talking about it now. But did did the article really go deep, um, Richie, into the or Richie or Freddie, whoever ever? I don't it doesn't matter. But did it go deep into the kids first thing? So it did, and th- this actually bothered me a lot as i read the article um so it went in to about how jimbo wanted to obviously his son ethan has a very you know rare disease um which is terrible for any kid to go through and when he started the kids first foundation and i was there at the opening press conference with him and candy and uh, because i was still in school writing for the fsu and and for scout.com and it you could tell jimbo's passion and when I read the article today, it was a little upsetting because he he did say, basically, Jimbo started the Kids First Foundation and Andy Miller, the former president of Boosters, um, made a, you know, basically said, I don't want Jimbo double dipping in our Boosters pockets. Like our football well, Boosters, yeah, we not just want double- him going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, he, did, he, he thought that people might donate there as opposed to, yeah. Um, you know, Florida State's boosters would lose some money. Yeah, well, and that, that was the whole point of um, it. And, and Jimbo took that personally, and I don't blame him. I at would all. have too. Yeah, no, that's Jimbo, Andy. That's yeah. Andy Miller's legacy. Yeah. That, Andy and, Miller's legacy is not college yeah. town. It's not anything else. It's ruining FSU no. football. Like yeah, that's well, what it, the legacy is. And that's what I'm getting at because Jimbo had already done a bunch for the program, and he had not won a national title yet. But we knew he was clearly the guy. Like there was no doubt from any player, fan, media members, they all knew Jimbo, this guy's going to get us rolling. And Andy Miller was upset because, oh, he's going to upset, he's going to hurt my booster donations. He took that personally. And that ruined Jimbo Fisher and Andy Miller's relationship for the duration of, of the time they were together. Sure. So that that was ridiculous that Andy Miller would do that. And Andy Miller, he deserves some credit. He founded the boosters. He nah, did he did it he did it for 40 years he did it for 40 years but he should have retired 10 years ago because the game has changed the game has changed so much in recruiting and boosters um right right he did it i don't he did it time i don't blame jimbo i don't blame jimbo one iota for him being upset with how independent held that handled that because that was ridiculous yeah andy miller gets no credit because boosters weren't that important when FSU was winning in yeah. the night. I, I mean, yeah. they were important, but not like they are today, right? Like yeah. 
Bobby could have won with no money. Bobby could have won with like my salary. So I, and Miller gets no credit at all. I don't care that he was there for 40 years, you know, in the past and stuff. Cause the boosters didn't mean what they do today. So he can, I don't know, jump off a cliff. So um, somebody else go before I get, start saying stuff that'll get me in big trouble. Well, yeah. So long story short, Everett and Freddie, like what was your impression of Jimbo's relationship with the boosters and with Stan Wilcox and the administration as a whole. I, I'd love to hear some insight in insight on that. Yeah, I just felt like it was uh we he wanted more and they were slow foot to give him what he wanted, you know. So as a fan, you have to, you know, people just gotta redirect that energy. Yeah, I understand, you know, Jimbo may have did this and that during the season, lost the locker room and everything, but you're not giving that much of him to like work with. He's he, Jimbo didn't have to stay loyal. He would have stayed loyal to Florida State. You know, we just had to do stuff for him. Even we didn't have to pay him what Texas A&M paid him. We at least just had to get some of the stuff that he wanted to start coming in the road. Like he would have worked with Tallahassee because he loved he loved Florida State. He told us he wasn't was never going anywhere. You know what I mean? But he was pushed to that point because now. It's going to fall on him as a coach, and now it's going to start look, making it look like he's not coaching as well as he can, but in all actuality, he's not being supported from the people behind him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, other schools, man, other schools with coaches, they treat their coaches a little way better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Dabo could have a rough season for how many years? You know what I mean? Like, it could happen. I don't think they would ever let him go. Like, I don't feel like they would ever let him go just because of what he's done. You know what I'm saying? So, I just think that we have to put a value on our coaches. Yeah, we still are from Florida State. We have that tradition, but it's a new day, new and aging game. Like you said earlier, boosters didn't mean anything back then. Now they do matter. So now money is a big factor into a lot of these teams and where they're going and with their success and how they pull players in. So um, it was detrimental. I mean, I, I put it on the administration all day. Like, I don't put anything on Jumbo. Like, I put it on them, like, from day one, because I knew what was going on. Yeah, and I'll, I want to kick it to Freddie next, because I, I he played and he saw this all as well. But, but I, I definitely want to touch on that, because I do think – I think Florida State's administration, going from the president, whether it was President Barron, President Thrasher, athletic directors, going back to Dave Hart, um, to Coburn, to Randy Spetman, who I think was horrible, to Stan Wilcox. Florida State got so used to being successful on the cheap that they thought they could do that forever. And that, that doesn't make sense. Like, it, it and sounds good, doesn't work, right? Like, uh, you know, uh, we Jimbo took over in 2013 with nothing. He had no indoor practice facility. He didn't have any sports psychologist. He, he didn't have any of this stuff. He was able to get it quickly, but then, you know, it, it's frustrating because it, the, the mindset from the administration, especially when President Thrasher took over, who I think has done phenomenal jobs as far as academics and, and sports overall, but at the same time, it's like Clemson, Alabama, man, they, they don't care about if the men's basketball team makes the NCAA tournament. They don't care if the, the women's soccer team makes the, the final four. They're there for football. Shout out to the women's soccer team winning the ACC last week, though. All right, go ahead. Yeah, and shout out to uh, Devin Sullivan, Patrick Williams, two lottery picks, the, the big time on those guys. Yeah, like I'm but, saying, everything else uh, in Florida State is rolling. I mean, like I so, would, so that's and, and that's part of it, but 
you know, in, in Jimbo's mind, he's like, football, we're making the money to fund all of these programs. And that's a fair argument because he is the one making the money, not just him, but guys like you, Everett, and you, Freddie, who are, you know, putting your blood, sweat, and tears on the line every week. But, it, man, it, it's got to be frustrating trying to battle an administration that wants total sports dominance across all sports when you're going up, up against Alabama and Clemson who – they don't care if if your basketball or baseball team's good. If your football team's making the playoff, that's all they care about. Freddie and Everett, did you guys see that? Like, or how did players see that? Why you guys were there, thinking like, man, we don't care about the other sports. Let's football's making the money. Let's do it. But all but Stan Wilcox, I'll call him by name. He wanted to have a total sports athletic department, which hurt football, in my opinion. I definitely agree with that case because we always said that like that isn't something that was new on campus. It was like, man, we we're bringing in the money like that doesn't make yeah. sense. After a while, it's going to start to show and it eventually did, you know. So, I mean, yeah. it was like, it, you know, school was tough. Like we got what $800 checks, half of that had to go to rent. Uh, you know, well, 500 of it had to go to rent, depending on where you stayed. And, you know, phone bill, gas, like we were in college, yeah. you know, on the top of the platform getting $800 a month, you know what I mean? Like, and surviving yeah. off of that, like we're still eating Raymond noodles, you know, putting, whipping it together, whatever it may be. Like it's, it was, I don't feel like as a student at Florida state, we should have had to deal with any of that stuff just because Florida state is Florida state. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it wasn't always like summer, summer was terrible. Like, you know what I'm saying? Summer, <laughs> everybody fans for themselves. You know what I mean? Like summer C, it made yeah. no sense. Um, like I think administration, they got a they got a big role in everything. And I just want like, I know Jimbo gets a bad rap. Um it's some things I feel like he may have could have handled um better as far as like the recruiting. I think that it was talks about him not um recruiting. I feel that if he still had the job, he should have finished out his recruiting yeah. as long as he had a job. But looking at it from his standpoint, I think as fans on the outside looking in, we expect these guys to be as loyal to FSU football as we are. But we, you got, you feel me? We got, you got to understand, like that's me, Fred. That's me, Freddie. <laughs> you know, like, and then you got to understand, like from that standpoint, yeah. okay, they got families to feed, children to feed, and yeah. Jimbo was a guy that loved Florida State football, and he tried to find ways to work, make it work, even when the administration yeah. showed him they didn't want to help him. So, yeah, you got to look at it. He has a kid that has a rare disease. And then he's battling with the administration that's not getting him the resources he needs to be successful. Okay, say Jimbo sticks this thing out and fights through it, knowing that he has a family feet. Now you're talking about a guy that possibly out of a job and looked at one of the looked at as one of the worst coaches in college football. So now when he after these years of fighting, trying to force the hand a little bit, trying to take with LSU because a lot of a lot of people look at it like, man, Jimbo was trying to trying to leave us all these years. Listen, some of them jobs we weren't even entertaining. If he was gonna leave, he was gonna leave for LSU. Cause dog, you know, Jimbo showed us tape on LSU all the time. That was his squad. Like if he was gonna <laughs> leave us, he was gonna leave for LSU. So once he took like Jimbo, the way he talked about LSU, he would have left for LSU for less money. People talk about always oh, a money issue. No, nah, he would have left for LSU for less money. So the fact that he didn't leave for LSU, I'm like, man, he invested in this program. So for them to say that it don't it don't make sense. Jimbo was invested, but he knew like if I keep fighting and and they're not giving me what I know, not giving these kids what they 
eventually I'm going to get the short end of the stick and I'm going to look stupid and I'm going to have to answer to my family. I'm going to have to answer to my kids. And that's the, that's the simple reality. Oh man. Ever any closing thoughts before we, uh, we're going to, we're going to keep you on for just another second. We're going to do some pickups and get out of here and kind of bring the mood up. Any closing thoughts on that? Uh, nah, everything you said was right on point, man. We have to get past the whole blaming Jimbo phase. Uh, congratulate him on his success at his new yes. job. Uh, yes. And just keep on, you know, keep on pushing what we got and keep, you know, getting these young cats in. Even from the fan standpoint, like, let's go out and show these young recruits, like, man, this is what Florida State is really about. Not all the crying and blase, blase, complaining. Let's just go out here and it's, it's time to turn over a new leaf, you know, at the end of the day. So I'm turning over a new leaf. Like, I, I get tired of talking about everything that's going on. I, I mean, I see the players opting out, and it's like I'm I'm over it now because it's like beating a dead horse. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just – we have to just turn over. It's time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Everett, like we said, we talked Everett, with – we talked with – we talked with uh, – sorry, Richie. We talked with um, Kirk about it on Sunday. It's not going to be easy. It's not, it's not going to be easy for Norvell to do that because he's coming um, – from a much more difficult situation than even Jimbo did when he came in after Bobby. Um, but if we can find those guys that care, care about turning around, then I think we can do it. If not, I mean, it'll be, it'll be a long time before we're relevant again. Richie, cut you off. Yeah. No, man, I, I shouldn't say Everett. Like, like I said, man, last time I talked to you before tonight, I think it was 2009. I, I think I was still a junior in college. You were still in high school. And uh, I interviewed you because McKinley Rule was Myron's, Myron Rule's brother, and he was not allowed to interview high school players. So he would just text me random numbers, say, hey, I need you to interview this guy. Yeah. Um, and I, it's so cool to talk to you here, you know, 10 years after the fact. Um, and you, That's dope. You were, no, you were great. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, man, exactly. You, you were a great Noel, and I, you did a lot of great things at Florida State, and like we mentioned earlier, it's a huge deal. Like you, you spurned Clemson to come to Florida state, despite being a South Carolina native. Uh, thank you, man. Like uh, for coming on yeah. tonight, a, a huge fan of yours and wish you nothing but the best, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, bro. Yes, sure. appreciate oh, shout out. I see you doing the thing with the music too, man. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. We got the yeah. mixtape. We got the mixtape. Hey, hey, you don't have to go for Richie's kicking you off. I'll let you do the picks with it. You, let's do the picks. Um, Tell us about your music. Tell us what's going on here. Where, where can people find you and what's going on? Okay, uh, so I'm on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, anything, any music platform. It's A1 Dog. Uh, I just dropped my second song, Real on the Rise. Uh, we started out with Cappers, and I'm going to have an album come actually pretty soon, and it's going to be actually dope because I'm going to be able to express a little bit more of my life that a lot of people don't know about, you know, so... Um, okay. I'm getting, I'm really excited about it. And I'm getting a lot of good feedback too. Like I have people, random people stopping on my page telling me all the time. Hey, yeah, I just download, I just download. I don't know if y'all can see that. I just downloaded that <laughs> real on the rise. Yes, sir. Real on the rise. I'm, I'm more old school. So, you know, I just, man, I, I like music and I like to have fun and just put stuff together. And I was able to, I got more time on my hands. You know what I mean? I'm, I don't have a crazy schedule like I used to have with football. So, I'm able to, you know, deep into dive into one of my other hobbies. It feels good to definitely be getting a rolling though, for sure. Real Let me quick, ask you, real quick, yeah, Britt, we we end the show every week with a song. What's your song you want us to end the show with this week? Because you're going to hang out and do picks with us. But what's yeah, your, okay. your number one single you number one single you want us to play this week? 
Uh, we can drop Real on the Rise. That was my last song that I dropped. So, yeah, we can do that. I got different styles and I'm versatile. But, yeah, we can play Real on the Rise, you know. It's a, well, uh, it's a clean version, too. So No, nah, it's all right. We, don't, we, don't, we ain't worried about that. Uh, and we'll do okay. cappers. We'll do cappers on Sunday because I'm sure we'll be capping a lot on. Uh, oh, facts, game. facts. You can roll cappers. Yes, sir. All right, Richie. Let's do some picks, Richie. Let's get out of here. All right. Are we doing picks and over unders or just picks? Just the picks, and we'll talk about Clemson once we're out here. Once he's all right. So picks. All right. Uh, first game. We'll rapid fire these, and I'll I'll lead off. Um, Indiana. They're a 20 and a half point dog at Ohio state. I'm taking Ohio state to cover. What do you guys think? Ohio state. Yeah. I like Ohio state. Ohio state. All right. Next one. I, I think the wrong team is favored. Cincinnati is giving six and a half points to UCF in Orlando. I live in Orlando. UCF wins outright. What about, what do you guys think? Uh, Cincinnati wins UCF covers. All right. Yeah, I don't, I think yeah, I'm, right, I'm right with TJ. I think Cincinnati wins, but UCF covers. Yeah, I think they'll cover. I think they'll cover. All right, next one. I, I think I'm going to be the lone wolf on this one, but I think Northwestern covers the seven and a half points that they are giving to, or they are getting from Wisconsin in Northwestern. So Wisconsin favored by seven and a half. I'm going with Northwestern. Tell me what you think, guys. I like Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin me on this one. Yeah, I like Wisconsin, but them games are always tricky, man. For some reason, yeah. Northwestern, yeah, they'll Western pull some slick stuff off. So, but I go with Wisconsin, though, for yeah. sure. I, I'm thinking the West or Northwestern money line, but that, that's for another day. Uh, the next one, we have we have Bedlam, uh, 7.30 on ABC, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma's laying seven and a half. I think the wrong team, or excuse me, I think one team's heading in the right direction, one team's heading in the wrong direction. Um, not a lot of money on Oklahoma, but I think Oklahoma covers the seven and a half. Uh, let's go to Everett first. I'm going with Oklahoma. Uh, right. I definitely got to go with them. This Oklahoma State, I, I, until I see it done, yeah, I got to go with Oklahoma. I agree, man. Freddie Teacher, what do you guys think? <laughs> Oklahoma, me. Not a doubt. Oklahoma got mind control over them boys in Oklahoma State, man. <laughs> All right. So, so I know where I know where myself, TG, and Fred are going. Everett, I, I'm looking forward to hearing you on this one. Uh, Liberty is giving three and a half points to NC State in Raleigh. I'm riding Liberty, man. Liberty for the outright win because all Liberty does is cover the spread. Uh, let's go straight to Everett. Wow. I got to go with Liberty. If it's that close, then that's yes. trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's for if it's that close, it's for a reason. So I'm definitely going with it. All right, what do you guys think? Yeah, we're winning, boys. I mean, Liberty, I, Liberty wins this one, and then they get to beat the hell out of Walt Bell next week, and then they set up a rival, uh, uh, a game with Coastal Carolina, who should be undefeated as well. Um, another school that was uh, our big rival when I was in school there. So yeah, Liberty's definitely winning this one. So suck it at NC State. Sorry, shout out to our guy though, that our NC State fan that tunes in every uh every week. He's oh, he's awesome. He's Hunter in the comments. Smith, man. Hunter Hunter's in the comments right now saying stop it. But Hunter, I want to see your prediction. What's your prediction on this game? And I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> I know you're shaking about this Liberty game. I know you, you knew last week was a cakewalk against FSU, but I I you're you're shaking about this one and you know it. Upside down smiley face is his prediction. So Freddie. I like Liberty to win by four. Let's All go. Right. And the, the last one, unfortunately, we have to pick it. Um, Clemson is giving Florida State 
34 and a half. Give me Clemson. I think they cover it by halftime. What do you guys think? Yep. <laughs> That's too easy, man. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Nose. Listen, I hope y'all prove me wrong. Hey, I do too. I do too. Y'all can tweet me talking trash. You know it's all love, but I hope y'all prove me wrong, man. I haven't won a bet on Florida State since I don't know when. So I'm not taking no Florida State bets. So I'm not Florida, even betting Florida, Florida State. State is 14, 29, and 2 against the spread since Jimbo's last year in 2017. I'm not betting on Florida State ever again until I get a reason to. Well, here's the I problem. Guess. When I do bet, when I do bet against Florida State, they cover the spread, like Notre like Dame, North Carolina. Like North Carolina. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll take Clemson here, and they'll win by, or you know, Clemson will win by thirty-four. I'll, I'll get beat on the hook. So, uh, I like, I don't like Florida State to cover here, but I'll pick Florida State to cover. All right, just you want so to hit the over under real quick. No, no, let's talk about that in just a minute. All let's right, talk, let's right. do the over unders in just a minute. Um, what we can all agree on is uh, roll flames. So. Everett, thanks for hanging out today, man. I can't wait to play your song. Thank you, Everett, man. Yeah. Everett, man. I just downloaded both of them on my phone. So go to, I just got them on iTunes. So go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever, and get, oh, uh, look up A1 Dog Cappers. Uh, yes, sir. The other one, sorry, help me out here. Real on the Rise. Real on the Rise, Cappers. I subscribe to you as the artist, and I downloaded the single and the nice. clean version, just so you got a little, a couple more streams. So okay, I got <laughs> you. Appreciate it, bro. <laughs> Definitely appreciate it, fellas, man. Thanks for having Ever, me. Ever, man, it, it was great talking to you for the first time since you were a high school recruit. So it, hey, it's man, cool it's to, to reconnect, it, you know, works. twelve years later. Man, it's crazy how everything comes back around, man. Definitely good hey, talking man. to you guys. I, I think you did a great job at Florida State, and I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast tonight. Hey, my pleasure, man. Definitely, yes, sir. Thank you. All right, fellas, y'all take it easy, man. All right, bro. Thanks, everyone. Just before we get out of here or talk about Clemson for a minute, um, Harlan, can you cue up that uh, that Trey video? Trey had to take last week off due to some family things going on. Everyone is okay now. I've talked with Trey. Everything's fine. Nothing, nothing crazy to worry about, but just could not get to doing Trey's drive-thru last week. Uh, Harlan, have you watched this week's yet? Have you watched it or no? I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I might watch it while we're doing it here, but, uh, I know it's going to be funny here for Clemson week. So I'm probably going to watch it live with, uh, with all of you, but enjoy Trey Rollins drive through. Then we'll talk about Clemson for just a minute and, uh, do some over-unders and get out of here, but let that roll Harlan. Well, hello there. Welcome to another edition of Trey Rollins Drive-Thru presented by Double Fries No Slaw. No sponsor at the moment, but uh, might as well be sponsored by Xanax with the way uh, Big Pharma is raking in the money off of the woes and depression of the Florida State fan base. Listen, tough week on and off the field for the Knowles. Let's work back in chronological order. Florida State Seminoles fall to 2-6 and six after losing to NC State 38-22. to Pretty gross at the beginning. Florida State got uh, ripped to shreds by former quarterback Bailey Hockman for his revenge game for us giving him a life-altering dose of CTE last year. 
and also by uh, a slot receiver named Thayer Thomas, which, yes, uh, surprisingly by that name, is a Caucasian slot receiver. Two touchdowns, things were pretty bleak at the beginning. However, the Knowles did show some signs of life in the fourth quarter, did show some things that there might be some legitimate building blocks, a little bit of optimism possibly to build off of. Chubba Purdy had an efficient game, a couple of touchdowns, no turnovers. Ontario Wilson, uh, I think he had a nice a nice uh, establishment game, establishing himself as maybe somebody that can fill the power vacuum left behind to Maureen Terry's absence. Warren Thompson had a catch. He had a drop, but he had a catch. Baby steps. Uh, Derek McClendon looked pretty good. I've been, I've been, I've been impressed with his, uh, with his development. Not a guy, if you look at from game one or two, that I thought was going to do anything this season. He looked good. Jarvis Brownlee looked good. The defensive line looked better. So there were things to build off him. There was a little bit of positivity. However, as the universe has so often done this season with Florida State, Dropped a fat deuce on top of our heads like an obese New York City pigeon. Because we found out on Wednesday, Chubba Purdy, that one little one of those building blocks that I talked about, a piece of optimism, done for the year. Somebody put rusty screws in his collarbone. He's out because of inflammation of that injury that he suffered in the in the offseason. Uh, Mike Norville did say that he's going to be back for spring. Uh, still sucks. Not only that, Miko Dotson, slot cornerback transfer from FAU, another shining light in a very dim Florida State season. Ah, see you later. He's out for the season two. Mike Norvell did say the plan is for him to be back next year. So, glimmer of hope. So, they join James Blackman, Marvin Wilson, Tamorian Terry, Devontae Love Taylor as guys that are done for the season. That sucks. Where are we at now? Oh, uh, we got to play Clemson. Great, 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 great. Clemson and uh, their their quarterback coming off a, a COVID restriction. Uh, their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, half man, half avatar cat person, half Susie Salmon lookalike from the Lovely Bones. He's going to go off. Looks like Jordan Travis has been active and practicing all week, which is great. Uh, Clemson defensive coordinator Brent Venables uh, said that Jordan Travis – Reminds him of Lamar Jackson in the running department. So other than being a weird-looking dude, he's also a patronizing asshole. Confirmed. Off topic. Does anybody else think that Brent Venable's skeleton is too big for his body? Like it's one of those things where the the skin on his face is stretched like really, really tight across his skull. Kind of like a snare drum. Gives me a Men in Black 1 Edgar vibes. Sugar. Sugar water. Anyway, um, cockroach alien defensive coordinators aside, you're playing the best team in the country this week. They're pissed off because they lost to the red-faced murderer Brian Kelly's Notre Dame Fighting Irish in a game where they had to play DJ ukulele. Um, And Dabo Sweeney just has an eternal garnet-colored hemorrhoid from what we did to him in 2013. It's an itch in his ass. It's not going to go anywhere. And he is always going to punish us for that historic embarrassment. So, what do you do this weekend, Knowles? Well, I'm going to give you two suggestions. Suggestion one, take up a hobby. Model airplanes, knitting, weaving. Um, Maybe become a conspiracy theorist. That's always fun. I heard QAnon's very nice this time of year. Suggestion number two. 
don't look so much for success in the results, like in the outcomes of the game, because Florida State may very well lose every single game left on the schedule, and they will most certainly lose this one. I would suggest looking for success in the process. Look to see the individual plays that Florida State has won and celebrate those. Look for growth among individuals because there has been some this season. Emmett Rice has looked much better. Derek McClendon, Janarius Robinson has shown signs of life. Jarvis Brownlee, all those other guys. Look for individual growth, year-over-year growth. Look for that because right now this year-zero rebuild is all about Mike Norvell evaluating the roster, recruiting his ass off, and there are some problems there as well that I'm sure we'll get to on further additions of car time with Trey Rowland. But just enjoy the fruits of the individual plays and cherish every success they have because it's not guaranteed and just hope Mike Norvell can install the uh, his systems and his process. It's all about the process, guys. Listen, I love you. Go Knowles. Never stop chopping and uh, don't kill yourselves, guys. Could be a lot worse. Love you. Smooches. We are back. Trey Rollins drive through. I watched that live. He's hilarious. Um, man, he's funny. He can. Trey is one of the few people. He started a podcast at the worst possible time. Not that we did a great time uh, either, but he started a podcast at the worst possible time. And it was just, you know, nothing but losing during his entire pod. He didn't even get to enjoy like a North Carolina moment like we got to. Um, but a guy that could just make me laugh no matter what. Uh, no matter how bad it got, Trey is really funny. And so that's why we have him on every week. We know it's depressing, um, but I don't think we're going to get in any more than, than he really got into on, on what to look for in the Clemson no. game. Um, Freddie, Richie, let's do you know one thing you want to see this weekend, and then we'll get into our over-unders. Uh, it can be funny. It can be like serious, like Trey said, building for the future, guys playing for each other, whatever. Like your one takeaway or your one kind of like preview for the game, and then we'll do over-unders. Freddie, you go first, man. I- I got nothing. I got something. You don't have to go though. I have something, but uh, I'll let Freddie go first. <laughs> On the the biggest thing, let's get that that running that running game back going to shoot up. We know it's it's gonna be a tough one. We're going in. We're going into playing Clemson. That monster. Like we we know what's coming. We we don't have the firepower to compete with them. But getting that running game going to limit their possessions at, at least and get us in a some type of rhythm. You never know. Like. I'm not saying I'm not picking us to win this game, but get get a running game going, get a getting the offensive rhythm, and then see where it gets us. But I think that's the fir- first thing because you get Clemson and Trevor Lawrence too many possessions. Dabble's already with that bull talking, building us up in the media. We already no, know what's coming. God, we that. Freddie, no. Hey, we need to limit as many possessions as we possibly can. Yeah, yeah. if you're Mike Norvell, you've gotta you've gotta kind of take that approach. I looked at the game last year. The game last year finished what? Uh, 42 to 14, 42, 17. It really wasn't that bad. If you, if you kind of think about it from that perspective, right. I think we're a 28 point dog and and ended up losing by 25. 
well, it, it doesn't look that bad, right? So, um, and the way we did that was Clemson nickel and dimed us down the field, right? They didn't go for the long home run ball. They didn't have 75 yard touchdowns or anything like that. Um, if you can make Clemson and, and honestly, this is the kind of moral victory bull crap that we have to pull, but if you can make Clemson uh, use five minutes a drive, right? They can only have two drives in the first quarter, right? Cause you're two, even if you go three and out twice, that's two minutes each and you're done with the quarter. <laughs> so if you can make Clemson use five minutes a drive, play back, play underneath, give up the underneath stuff, let them nickel and dime you down the field. You can get to the half 28-3, 28-7, And then in the second half, they score a couple more times. They get it up to 42-10, pull their starters. And again, the final score could look something like 42-17, to 42-13. We cover the spread. That is a best-case scenario for Florida State. Last year, Clemson scored 14 points in the first three quarters. They scored three points in the fourth quarter. I would take that 100% of the time, right? Clemson only scoring 45 on Saturday is a win for Florida State. I think if you could slow them down, you can get our running game going. Not slow them down as, as, as like scoring. Don't get beat deep. Give up the stuff underneath. Almost playing like that prevent defense. Make their drives take four to five minutes. They can only score four times in the first half if that happens. You give up 28 points a half. Uh, the fourth quarter, they won't, they won't score. They won't be going for it. That's a best-case scenario for Florida State, that, that they score a little more slowly. And, um, you know, our running game kind of chews up – some clock as well um, we get one good drive of like six minutes even if we just kick a field goal or miss a field goal that probably takes away two clubs and touchdowns <laughs> so the more time that we can keep Clemson's offense on the field the better Richie yeah I have, I have no faith in this team or this defense let's get right into the learners let's roll am That's I still I winning am I still winning yep so uh, you went five for five last week TJ. Woo! <laughs> Um, so I'm not going to go, uh, pick by pick, but we're on speaker view. So you gotta, let me talk from Woodford reserve. I'm going to celebrate that. (laughs) Did you guys go five for five? No. So, so on, on the season, TJ's at 32, Freddie's right behind him at, at 30 and I'm, uh, bringing up the rear at 26. So I have no chance, but this week we'll see how these lines work out and how we pick them. Uh, so we're starting with TG on every single one this week, just because he, he's got such a big lead. We, we got to give ourselves a chance. The first one, TJ Clemson first half punts only first half 0.5 over under. Zero point five is the number. Yeah, it's tough because, again, if I think that Florida State does exactly what I just said and what they did last year and plays back and lets Clemson kind of nickel and dime them down the field uh, and only scores four touchdowns, right, gets to the half 28 to whatever we have, then I would say none. Uh, if Clemson, Clemson is scoring a lot and has eight possessions in the first half, I think they probably punt at least once. So it really just kind of depends on what kind of game it is. Um I'll go over, you know, I'm, I don't have a lot of confidence here, but I'll go that, that they have more possessions and end up punting once. Freddie, what do you think, man? Yeah, it's hard to, I think we can get at least one punt out of them. I think they'll have a drive where they're a little bit out of rhythm, especially with Trevor just coming back, um, trying to get back in that rhythm. Y'all are way more confident than me. I'm taking the under. We will not stop them in the first half. My next one, Florida State offensive touchdowns, 
in the first three quarters, first three quarters, that's important here, 0.5. TJ, what do you think? Offensive touchdowns, you said, or just total – or just Off- Offensive touchdowns. I'll go over one. I'll, I'll say we get one. All right. Freddie, what do you think? In the first three quarters? First three quarters. Yeah, we'll get one. I'm going to take the under. I don't think we do. Um, I'll go first on this one. Um, and this is might be aggressive, but I put a Florida State players to attempt a pass in the game uh, at two and a half. I'm taking the over. I think Jordan Travis is not healthy. Um, and I think Mike Norvell gets into his bag a little bit. Freddie, is it just Travis and, and Rotomaker, or does somebody else throw one? What's your over-under here? Yes, yeah, ta- I'm taking that under. All right. Yeah, under as well. I think Richie's grasping at major straws because he's down by who's the, who's the next guy that can throw? I guess Travis Jay. I, I think Travis Jay is going to throw a pass in the first half, or we might see a, a running back or a receiver pass. Uh, I fully expect Rotomaker and Travis to attempt a pass, and I, I'm, I'm going to take the odds on one more. You pulling out some crazy stuff. Yeah, what, you what? you really do, bro. But like here's no, the thing. It's, I, it's, a, I it's hope, a 35 point spread. What am I supposed I hope to do we, here? But I, I hope just we, watching Back to the Future too, Richie. Something ain't right, bro. Right. <laughs> Richie's on the sauce more than he was for the UNC game. I, I wish I was. I need so, to be on there right now. I, I mean, I hope you're wrong, and I hope that you hope you're wrong too, because whatever halfback pass or Travis J pass or <laughs> triple reverse pass that we have. Hopefully we're saving that to, to for the Duke game so that we don't lose <laughs> so bad. Right. I don't want to use that. <laughs> oh, great. We come out on the first play and, and Travis or Jordan Travis throws a pass back to Rotomaker who then throws it back to Jay and Jay hits Thompson for a touchdown. And then we lose 63 to 10. I don't You know, that doesn't TJ. Mean- TJ, I'm you know, also I'm also trailing you by six points. I'm trailing Freddie by four well, points. I'm just saying I gotta you, t- I gotta take some chances here, man. You hope you're wrong, right? And we save that play for Duke. Oh, I hope I'm wrong for sure. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. Because like if we do that, I don't see any trick plays on Saturday. All right. So this is one that I'm I'm really intrigued by because I think this is well, a you've very been intrigued fair by line. all of them. No, I, I think this one is very fair. Uh and we'll start with TJ. Clemson first half points, 34 and a half. TJ. Well, I said that a very best-case scenario for Florida State here was 28, right? Clemson only scoring twice each quarter. Yeah. And I, I think that very – But you also picked us to get a touchdown at least. In the first three quarters, yes. Yeah. So so what's your what's your thoughts here, man? But I said that the best-case scenario was that Florida State holds Clemson to 28. Uh, very few things have gone best case scenario for Florida State this year outside of that North Carolina first half. Um, so because of that, I would take the over. I'll take over right. 35 in the first half. Freddie, over 34 and a half points for Clemson alone in the first half. Yeah, I'm taking it. Over or under? Over. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the over as well. I think they cover in the first half. Um, and the last one, it's kind of a joke, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, shirtless fans in the stands on TV reading a book, 0.5 fans shirtless reading a book in the stands. They have to be new fans, right? Because they will show that picture. Yes, so it has to be a new fan, but I think they're going to be looking for them. So I'm going to go on the record and say over before I toss it to Freddie. Bro, you have the weirdest ones this year. 
this is this is the weirdest over under we've ever had in life. Like you could have just gone Trevor Lawrence yards. Like you could like <laughs> no TJ, we we are we are a historical underdog. I, I had to dig deep in the bottom of a barrel for this one. ETN touches Lawrence. Nope, nope. Heisman e- mentions whatever. Freddie, like it's a bunch Freddie, of things. Freddie, do we see a guy without a shirt reading a book? I thought at first maybe I would take the owner. I was like, man, there's no way that's going to happen. But I think somebody does just be funny. Exactly. That's what I thought, man. All right, so Freddie's on the over. TJ, you're on the other still. They have to be on the broadcast, right? Like you can't just see Snow tweet it or whatever. No, correct. On the broadcast. Okay, I'm not watching the broadcast, so you guys don't lie to me, but I'll take the under just to try and beat you guys. All right. So, so that's our over-under for this week. Um, should we go into score predictions? Do we even want to do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, man, we do them every week. Uh, I don't remember what ours were, and there were way too many texts in our little chat today um, about video games and stuff. So uh, what? Uh, give me uh, Clemson 56 to uh, – 56 uh Clemson 4817 I'll take them 62 to 13 all right um yeah this this hurts I, I'm taking Clemson 59 to zero I don't think we score and I'll leave it at that so I got my, us covered my background speaks for itself I got us covering I guess losing by 31. Um, All right, so I'm finna end this thing the right way. Let me go ahead and change my background. I'm finna hit the lights. I want to see Freddie's background because we, we've been trying to figure this out all night. Hit the lights. Fantastic. <laughs> but Yes, sir. Yeah, you got to talk. So the, oh, there we go. People can see it. It looks good. It looks good. So, yeah. so in, this, in this picture, what it's illustrating is Jimbo was letting me know what was going on with the administration. And I'm, it's kind of because I can't, I'm thinking, I just watched Back to the Future. So this is me seeing what happened. And then I'm coming back and having this conversation with Jimbo. And I'm letting them know, listen, Jimbo, don't leave us. It's going to be bad without you. Like, listen, Freddie, I got to go. I got to go. And that's my, that's my face when I found out what happened in the future, man. Uh, was that the, uh, was that the Oregon game? That's what it looks like there. Oh, yeah, man. I look like kind of, I'm about to cry. Yeah, I kind of remember him wearing that. Uh, I loved that that pullover. Yeah, I want all his gear in that Oregon yeah. game, man. That looks I'm so just, good. I kind of remembered it from that one. So, um, yeah, man, I loved that pullover. That's the only thing I love from that game. Listen, I will go to my grave believing that if a couple of things in that first half go differently, we go into the half with a two-score lead, and I think we call the game a little differently. Dalvin's fumble doesn't happen. We don't – the snowball doesn't get rolling. Like so many things in that first half happened. Yeah. Uh, Jameis got stopped on the fourth and one. Jalen dropped an interception. Rashad dropped a pass. And then the very next play, um, uh, Roberto missed a field goal. If, if Shad catches it, then Roberto's field goal is shorter. TJ, uh, I'll just say, in, in oh my, my opinion. God, if, if we go, if we go into that half up two scores and get the ball, we got the ball first. If we go into the half up two scores and get the ball first, go up three scores, I think I think the snowball goes the other way, right? Then yeah. Clemson's well, pressing. Well, so, well, TJ, I think uh, in my honest opinion, and and I don't want to talk bad about the guy. He he is, in my opinion, the best running back in Florida State history. And Warwick Bun is one of my favorite plays ever. 
But if Dalvin doesn't fumble a few times, and he's a freshman, and I'm not mad at him. Like, it happens. But if if Jameis scores on that fourth and one and Dalvin doesn't fumble, I will go to the grave convinced we beat Oregon. And I think Freddie and Jameis and Dalvin beat Ohio State in the national title game. Obviously, it did not work out that way. But that that was just literally the worst case scenario playing out. And Freddie, what, what are your thoughts on that game, man? Because in my opinion, Jameis played a phenomenal game. He was on fire most of the game. If Dalvin holds on to the ball, and again, he's a true freshman. Like he's a year prior, he was playing high school football. So it, it, you don't blame the guy. But if Dalvin holds on to the ball and Jameis scores on that first play, I think you well, guys before, play Ohio State for the national title. Before, Freddie, before, what do you think? Before Freddie even answers that, let me let me jump in. I, I don't even want to. Again, I want to back up from, you know, the score was 18 to 13 at the half. And I know that we're focusing on Dalvin's fumble and Jameis getting in. Jameis getting in is plus seven. So then it's 20 to 18 at the half. Jalen dropped an interception that would have taken seven points away from Oregon. So then yeah. you're looking at 20. That's to a 14 point swing. That's you're looking at, pick six. So you're looking at, no, no, it was on like the five yard line. Like it wasn't a pick six. It, nah, I mean, if he goes, if he goes back nah. 95. Now you're getting crazy here. Let's just take the seven away from Oregon. He was on the five yard line when he dropped it. So now you're looking at 20 to 13. And then again, you're saying if with a bunch of things, but then if Roberto makes the field goal, it's a 23 to 10 game at the half. If Florida state goes in 23 to 10 and gets the ball, we, even if Dalvin would have fumbled the ball back. Like, so I don't know, Freddie thoughts on all that. Just um looking back at, of course, like in the, in the heat of the moment, you would love to say, like, if that happens, yeah, of course, we would have won. But just looking back at that game and just being realistic, I don't think we ever showed that we could stop stop their offense the whole entire game. And they had some dogs on the defensive line. There's an offense, like, you're confident in what you do, but that was the first team all year. Like, usually when you look on film, the team is exactly what you thought they were on film. We came into that Oregon game like, damn, like they're different than what they look like on film. Like, Rick Armstead and those got Buckner and all those guys, they were dogs. They caused us problems the whole entire game. So, I don't know. I think it would have been been tough regardless, especially with how their um offense gave our defense fits the entire game. Of course, without the turnovers, it would have made it a different story. But even with that, I don't even – like, a lot of people, they harped on that, but at the same – point we wouldn't have been there without Dalvin so it was so we didn't really look at like that but I think just looking at it like when I went back and watched it like two years ago oh man we we never got a stop on our offense and then on the sideline we're looking at them no huddling us and we're not getting calls into our defensive players so they don't they're freestyling out there that second half was an absolute bit blitz. The 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 first half was I mean the first half we got some stops. First mm-hmm. first drive they went three and out. Second drive they scored. Next drive they had a turnover on downs. The next drive they had a field goal. Then mm-hmm. they had a touchdown and then they had a pick. So they only scored on three of their first six drives. And and one time we stopped them for a field goal too. So mm-hmm. the you know first half was you know man this FSU defense is still legit. We yeah. we're in a good spot. But second half. Bro, they I, I think they might have just scored again since we've been talking. Like there was no there was no let up that second half. But I'm still going to my great. And again, if if you know you remember the uh you remember the 
I'm just trying to think of a of a game. Uh, the Georgia Tech game in twenty um, in 2015. That's the kind of game where I think you'd look at it and say, if Golson doesn't throw the pick down on the goal line up seven, we kick a field goal there and go up ten and and win the game, right? Like the kick at the end never happened. So like then you're just flipping one if with that Oregon game, we're flipping four things, right? Like you're flipping four ifs. James, but gets still, man. Uh, so, so it's different, right? Like, if, you if, if Florida State and Oregon play that game again, it's not 50 to 20. Like, I'm, I'm not saying Florida State wins it. Yeah, but I may, I may be probably, saying, uh, I may lose. be speaking on behalf of Freddie out of turn. But, man, I, I still think that Florida State team is better than that Oregon team. I still think Ohio State would have been a major issue nah, with Zeke. I- with Zeke in that title game, that I think would have been, I think that would have been an issue. I think I have a hard time saying that Florida State was better than that Oregon team. That Florida State, I don't, probably I more don't. Ta- I, so I, did, I so I disagree. Think Here, that. I disagree. I I'm gonna tell you why. Think that. Okay, that's fine. You can be wrong. I'm okay with you being wrong about it. Florida State had more talent, but from everything we've heard tonight from Jacob and Dawkins and Stevenson and the ESPN article, the team wasn't better. They may have been more talented, but they had their head in their ass the entire season. They could have pulled so that I, win off. So I can't. Oh, they, sure. pulled, and they pulled a lot of wins off that they shouldn't have that year, but that team wasn't a better team. They weren't a more cohesive team. They weren't a more together team. They, they weren't were, a better team than that, a, than that team that lost to Virginia tech 35 to 14. Give me a break, TJ. What's the question here? That Ohio state team was better than Florida state. And that Ohio Virginia state's quarterback Ohio state went, team lost to Virginia tech. Oh my gosh. We're not, to 14. Now. we're not Florida state was not better than Oregon. That's what I'm telling you. Florida State. Was I think not they better. were. I think they were, and I think they. If they, you think that, you, do you if think? I Florida think if State, they played that game ten times, so, they win that five. Okay, so that means it's a toss up. That doesn't mean they're I, better. I'm throwing my Dabo impression out there. They're, so I, I just I, I know you're a homer, but I just don't understand dying on this hill. Do you you understand what I'm saying though, right? Like they were more yeah, talented. No, Tj, I'm, I'm messing with you. You're, you're fine. <laughs> I I just I can't believe this. Um. You're fine, man. You're good. But I will go to my grave, Freddie. You also think Jameis is going to win a Super Bowl with the Saints. So you're just, you're the king of horrible, (laughs) you're the king of horrible takes in football. Who has better odds to win the Super Bowl right now, the Saints or the Bucks? The Bucks do, actually, if you read the updated odds today. Are we sure on this? Yeah, that's a fact. So do you want to die on that hill or not? I mean, I'm going to look it up to see if you're right or not. Look it up, please. The Bucks have better odds than the Saints right now to win the Super Bowl. Yes. All right. I'm checking real quick. I just want to check. Please you on check this. it. Please check that. Because if you're wrong on this, well, I just made that just up. Saying. So I hope I'm right. <laughs> there is no. Um, and, I, and I only believe Bovada odds because that's that's what that's I what I'm with. on right now. <laughs> there is no shockingly enough there's no um there, it's not on bovada super yeah because Jameis is now the quarterback well there's just not i mean that would affect the entire nfl vegas inside yes super bowl odds nfl championship odds Jameis winston and don't the New Orleans Saints. Don't say Jameis Winston and the New Orleans <laughs> Saints have the third best odds in the NFL to win the Super Bowl behind the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh, yeah. Third coming in is Jameis Winston led New Orleans and <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Uh, our fourth, the Bucks come in fifth. 
in the odds to win the Super Bowl. So Vegas is telling you that it is more likely that Jameis wins the <laughs> Super Bowl this year than your GOAT, Tom Brady. That's all I have to say. Shout out Jameis Winston. Uh, I've, I've ridden with Matt Ryan all year as my fantasy quarterback, and I took him out this week to play Jameis. Jameis is projected, I'll, I'll to, get, say, Jameis I, projected to get more points. I, I hope Jameis is phenomenal, and I hope he wins every game except against the Bucs because I, I want Jameis. Well, I probably won't play the Bucs again this it, year. It so, would I mean, be amazing good. to see Jameis win a Super Bowl. That'd be awesome. Like, I, I would be so happy for the guy. Like, so I, I – I know you think I'm an anti-Jameis guy. I'm not. I'm just a – we had Brady or Jameis. Give me Tom Brady. Like, that. that's where it was. So. We haven't gotten into the Jameis-Brady debate, and maybe it'll be better to do this after the season. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, maybe not. Maybe just Sunday after this beatdown. But um, I wish that – I know that he threw a lot of picks last year, and I'm not. I'm not saying that yeah. he didn't. I'm. I'm not justifying those picks at all. Yeah. I wish that last year Jameis had the best kicker in the league, which Brady has this year. And I wish oh, last on. year. Come on. That's, he does. Suckup has scored more than any other kicker. He has been that's more. A, that's a ridiculous other. thing to say, though. He has made more kicks than anyone else in the league. Wait, sure, I mean, how is that a ridiculous thing to say? He's got the he's got the most accurate. Are, are, so are the Bucks in the playoff last year? If they don't, if they have the most accurate kicker, no, they're not. I wasn't done. That was my. I, what I wish is I wish that James. I love Harlan. I'm watching Harlan in the bottom screen here, and he's just laughing. Like me I, and TG are just rambling like two idiots right now. I mean, now. it's this long. If anybody that's sticking around this long, I mean, can they just enjoy it? But. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that Jameis had the most accurate kicker in the league. And I wish that he had a defense that was playing like this Bucks defense is this year. Um, well, maybe if I, that defense believed in the offense to get a first down. The maybe. offense was better last year than it is this year. It scored more points. It had more yards. Yeah, when you're playing from behind for half the season, that's what happens. I, I mean, I don't know. I know that that's like a cool thing to say. All right, we need it in this show. And like, I mean, yeah, that's that wasn't. <laughs> accurate at all the bucks were in a lot a lot of games so i don't know i wish that i wish that the Jameis had a chance with the team not only has brady improved but a lot of other brady has improved quarterback play but a lot of other yeah. things have been improved no for sure defense I, has I, been improved the kicking's been improved the yeah. offensive line has been improved yeah for sure i would have liked to see Jameis play that way or play with this 2020 team yeah. because I, I get aboard that I get aboard Ronald Jones is 800 times better than oh my gosh like the running game we actually run the ball this year and so I think if if all the things that we're seeing now had happened with Jameis Jameis wouldn't have thrown as many picks and he we would have still had him so it's unfortunate <laughs> but when he wins it with the Saints that's fine I'll 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 buy a Saints shirt that's fine all right uh, shout outs shout outs what do we shout out, shout out Jameis Winston um the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints um the favorite in the NFC to make the Super Bowl. So, uh, so my, Richie, how about you? I only have two shout outs. Actually, I have three. <laughs> Six more people are getting married. No, no one's getting <laughs> married, but man, y'all know I, I love Florida State basketball. I love Coach Hamilton. Shout out Patrick Williams, the number four pick in the NBA draft. Shout out Devin Vassell, the number 11 pick in the NBA draft. And shout out Trent Forrest for signing a contract with the Utah Jazz. And then uh, I guess I have four. Shout out Leonard Hamilton 
man, he finds these guys out of nowhere. And Patrick Holmes, he's a five-star. I get that. He he was going to be phenomenal no matter what. But Devin Vassell was a nobody. He was a two-star with his best offers coming from Stetson when Leonard Hamilton found him and said, hey, come to Florida State, man. Leonard Hamilton, the two lottery picks this year and still has a top 25 preseason team heading into this season. Leonard Hamilton, Devin Vassell, Trent Forrest, Patrick Williams, all of them, the whole Florida State basketball program, including Sue Samarow and the women's team, shout out all of those. They are doing phenomenal things, and I have their – I'm supporting them entirely. So, Freddie, are you still there, Freddie? I, I see your background. I don't see you. Yeah, I'm still here, man. So, so Freddie, Freddie, shout, shout out, Stan, shout shout out, out Stan, to, these fo- to these basketball players, man. How about them? Shout out, shout out Stan Wilcox, who – Oh my God! Has stop put, it! Stop has it! Put, stop has put it. basketball. Stop it. Who, who? We would not have the basketball programs that we have. We would not have the golf programs, the softball, the volley, the beach volleyball. Nearly won the title last year. Shout out Stan Wilcox for having the vision to understand that these other sports uh, were more important than. No, them. Stan gets no credit shout in that. Out, thing, man. But I, I do want to hear Freddie's thoughts. With <laughs> Freddie, I know, I know Freddie. Like a lot of basketball players and football players, when they come in as freshmen. You know, they come in and they take a lot of the same classes. They're um, not just academically, but, you know, a- athletes. They, they have a lot of classes and different seminars they take together. Um, man, how excited are you for Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams? Because I was pumped. Like, my wife's like, why are you so excited? He got picked fourth. I'm like, that's a big deal. He got picked fourth overall in the NBA draft. She didn't get it. But, Freddie, you, I think you understand how big of a deal that is. Yeah, I, um, and shout out to Coach um Hamilton and yes, yes, staff. yes. like they they completely turned this thing around. Like just being honest, when we came in, um, just being completely honest, we didn't really care about like basketball. Let's just yeah. be honest. And then the, over the course of my career, it's like yo, they really they really building something special over yeah. there. And we found ourselves going to all the games there and dog fights with your Dukes and powerhouses like that. And now you're looking at a Florida State basketball team that's on that level, like, every year. Like, last year, we were looking at a team that probably would have won the whole thing. So, yes. for Hamilton to do that with the basketball program, I commend for that. And it's something I feel like they're going to be able to sustain for a long period of time because now they're getting – it hasn't been just one year, two years. He's getting four-star, five-star guys every year. And – He's got these guys buying in, and you see it in the NBA draft. We had two guys go back-to-back in the first round, and I, I love to see it. I'm excited to see what they do this year. Yeah, and I'll just say, like, man, it, Hamilton has done such an amazing job. Like, he brought John Isaac in. He brought Dwayne Bacon, Malik Beasley. And now he's got Scotty Barnes, who is arguably better than any of those guys. And I cannot wait until we beat Florida in a few weeks. And I can come on here and do my first basketball minute that I bring over from the roll cast to this podcast because uh, Hamilton is is the real deal. And I hate that he's 73 years old and I want him at Florida state for 10 more years. And Freddie, I know even though like football players, like you still know coach Hamilton, because you all get to meet him. You get to get to spend time with him. Freddie, what are your thoughts on coach Hamilton? Um, as we end this podcast, because in my opinion, man, he's one of the greatest Florida State coaches of all time, regardless of sport. Without a doubt. And I, um, 
just how down the earth he is. You got some coaches yeah. at Florida State. Um, they kind of stay. They kind of stay to themselves. Like Hamilton, he has the, he has the heart for the whole entire program. Every sport he's trying to support. Yeah. And Florida State, he's he believes that garnered and gold. Like there's yeah. nobody like that embodies what you're looking for in a Florida State coach outside of Bobby Bowden and Leonard Hamilton. Like, and then yeah. of course you got your um meet, but Leonard Hamilton, like he embodies everything you're looking for. And I'm just happy to see the success that, especially after people wanted to give up, give up on him. He stuck, yeah. he stuck, he stayed with the process. He never let the outside noise get in. He got these guys to buy in. Nobody, you couldn't have told me like 10 years ago, nobody was thinking about Florida State basketball. No. And now he has them as a, a powerhouse. Like that's that's great. A top top 15 program easily. Like we we were so so as we as we finish this, the um I just want to shout We've out. We've been saying that for half an hour, but go ahead. Well, I know I want to shout out to the, the program as a whole. We were picked number three in the preseason ACC poll. Um, behind Virginia and Duke, ahead of North Carolina. Florida State was picked ahead of North Carolina. That's a huge deal. And the, the program Hamilton has built, and if, if you follow this basketball program for 10-plus years, that is awesome. And I, I'm so happy for Coach Hamilton and his teams and Patrick Williams and Devin Masil and Trent Forrest, who signed a contract with the Utah Jazz today. Such an awesome thing to see. Um, it is nice being able to support uh, two of the best basketball programs in both of their respective leagues, yeah. FSU and the Los Angeles Lakers, um, with a lot of NBA, <laughs> a lot of NBA, with a lot of NBA talk happening. Um, let's just remember um, who our reigning champions are: reigning champions of the ACC and reigning champions of the NBA. I get to yeah. support both of those and the NHL and a lot of other things that. Uh, have gone well for me in the sports year. So, um, no, it's awesome to see what Hamilton's done. Super dope. Yes. Um, yes. December 12th, uh, that Saturday, we play Florida. I was kind of eyeing the, the old Tallahassee trip yeah. there. I don't know, Harlan, I don't know if you can work some more magic. Uh, is that is that Island. the same week as the Virginia game? Like, No, December no, 12th. Oh, December 12th. No, so, no, it's not. Okay. It's two weeks after. I might be taking me a trip up to Tallahassee that weekend. We'll see. Hey, if you, if you can stop by Orlando, and pick me up. You know what? I, I don't drive that trip, but I'll, I'll go to it. You got to get over to seventy five. You can get if you can take the hour over to seventy five. Like, I'll drive, <laughs> but I'm not taking the hour detour to take like the hour back. Like I'm not take, making a four hour trip, a six hour trip. So, um, all right. I think that's enough. Harlan, play whatever that yeah, song was that that he. Uh, we've been on here for way too long. Whatever that song was that he suggested. Um, Real on the rise, uh, A1 Doc, Everett Dawkins. And we will see you guys. I have no idea what's going to happen on Sunday, just by the way. I, um, I'm going to be in Savannah all weekend. No Bucks game so, on Sunday, so that's good. They don't have to get um, – yeah, I don't play until Monday night. So, yeah. um, Jameis and the Saints play at one, everybody, just to make sure you guys are – I will be watching. Updated. I will be watching that for sure. With your Saints gear on. My wife will have her Saints gear on. Tell her I'll have mine on too. Did you see my picture today? Freddie retweeted it. Did you see my picture? Did you see my picture or no? No, I got I don't. I don't follow your Twitter. I don't care about it. You do. You're lying. I'm gonna <laughs> let me let me copy it to you real quick. I need you to see this. I need you to react before. 
let let uh, Richie's reaction here no. and uh, be the last. No, thing no. Here. Let let the record show. I'm a huge Jameis fan, and I, I know. I just want you to see this picture. I just want you to see this picture. I want to know what you think about it. All right. No, my my wife would love that shirt. Actually. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I had it custom made on NFL.com. Shout out to them. So, all right. That's all. That's all I got. Harlan, take us out of here before we get in more trouble. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> If you solid, I can see it in your face. Slow down, but I'm back on pace. Tap back in, had to take a little break. Real on the ride, you don't hold no weight. If you solid, I can see it in your face. Slow down, but I'm back on pace. Tap back in, had to take a little break. Real on the ride, you don't hold no weight. You don't hold no weight, and I ain't really good. Step on a hater neck, I think I really should. Be who we done been, they really wish they could. Congratulate, don't hate. I see another brother winning, then I'm showing love. You see another brother winning, you get mad as fuck. That ain't what up. So I'ma flood the game and put a hate motherfucker right back in this lane. No sweat. I stay on key. Down two, I'm taking the three. How you gon' be great? Never taking no risk. Had to articulate myself. I'm used to fighting with this. Moved to a nice house, but we came from the bricks. All summer, switched it up. When it stayed in the sticks. I don't need no vouch. Niggas know what it is. Took a L, went back with my chest up. Chose a side, it wasn't nice. You done messed up. Hey. If you solid, I can see it in your face. Slow down, but I'm back on pace. Tap back in, had to take a little break. Real on the ride, you don't hold no weight. If you solid, I can see it in your face. Slow down, but I'm back on pace. Tap back in, had to take a little break. Real on the ride, you don't hold no weight. Back on pace, life got wild. Niggas thought they was me, was trying to steal my style. Didn't make it pro long, but I'm still gon' pow. Every dollar that I miss, watch how this go down. Won't let them put me in a box, no, I need more. I'm sticking with you, I know we not perfect people. We gotta find a way. So I grind away till we sitting at the top on a final place. Might miss a few trips home, but I've been in my zone. Next time I go back, gotta reclaim my throne. Clown a king while he down, is you dumb? Might have struggled, but I never been a bum. On my shoulders, I done carried round tons. Never complained about the weight, not once. Back in the corner, I'ma come out ten toes. You ain't never did shit, now you resentful. Keep your distance if it ain't love. Keep one for later, you catch eight slugs. Gotta make a way, that's regardless If you don't want no problems, don't start it I got the hardest If you solid, I can see it in your face Slow down, but I'm back on pace Tap back in, had to take a little break Real on the ride, you don't hold no weight If you solid, I can see it in your face Slow down, but I'm back on pace Tap back in, had to take a little break Real on the ride, you don't hold no weight